This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Uh, Sportsnet Today is live on this weekend edition. Coming at you from the score hockey range, 3320 9th Street Southeast. Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you. And we've been telling you uh, all day long to come out and see us here at score Mm -hmm. hockey range, Patrick, because it's grand opening weekend. And uh, very pleased to uh, have join us, Matt Kinch, Senior Operations Manager and Coach. Is that the right title for you, Matt? I guess you could call it that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? Because you're one day. Yeah, and you know, it's um, it's a good position, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good, yeah. How about you? Good. We're doing great. Uh, thanks for having us out here, first of all. I really appreciate it. And uh, tell us a bit about this awesome facility you guys got going on here. We got introduced to it uh, today when we came in. We got to go see all the lanes and everything you guys got going on. This is uh, a pretty cool operation you guys have opened up here. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, It's been a good need. We've been kind of a soft opening here for about a month, and, and it's really neat to see the demographic from young to old mm-hmm. you know it's really really every age group that we've had in and um yeah it's been great the facility the synthetic ice has got great reviews on how you can bring your skates on and skate on it and and it's a lot of pucks we've had to get a few extra band-aids i don't think kids realized <laughs> how, how many shots how many pucks you can shoot in a half hour an hour so we, yeah. we're stocked up now and ready to go so so when we were getting ready to come in and see you guys and you we were just sort of taking a look through at the website my initial thought was okay it's going to be like a like a, a golf driving range or a batting cage sort of thing for baseball, but you guys have kind of taken it up the next level when it comes to analyzing shots, flex on sticks, all that sort of stuff. It's it's certainly a step up from those kind of things. That was my initial thought as to what this place would be. Yeah, we really wanted to get a group of uh, you know instru- uh, coaches in here to uh, offer that development side to it, and obviously mm-hmm. the technology that the rapid shot offers with the stick analysis and how quick you can get the shot off. It, I mean, it can be pretty addictive, right? Yeah. And that's something that we don't see in a lot of hockey, and we see a lot in golf. And and to take that to the next step, when really there should be a lot of analytics, and and uh, people should be able to kind of see where they're at and how they're improving. So that that to have that development part of it and then have the lanes to have one-on-one instruction or we've had a lot of teams in especially this time of year with uh, wind-ups and and whatnot it's a great facility to come in and do your wind-ups or birthday parties and that type of how thing was too. uh how did this all come to be like whose idea was it to get this thing going and like how long has the process been yeah, you know, it was actually the ownership group kind of came to me. It's a, a couple of gentlemen here in Calgary, a couple of gentlemen from Red Deer, and and uh, my background, I you know, I played hockey, played mm-hmm. with Hitman, played pro hockey, and my son just moved away to uh, BC to play junior hockey. So the timing just seemed really right, and we kind of ta- started talking. They approached me and said, "Hey, would you take this on?" and my, my schedule's freed up a little bit, and it just seemed like a really good fit. So the conversations started kind of at the end of August, and and then we were hoping to get in before Christmas, mm-hmm. but that, you know, like it's tight with everyone working and, and yeah. really bad weather there for a while. <laughs> and uh, so the timing came to the end of January, and, um, and since then, you know, we've had about a month to kind of get everything ironed out and figure what the niches are and what everyone's after. So ten, you got 10 lanes, straight-on lanes, uh, you've got the rapid uh, app that we've talked about there a bit. You've got a little mini rink in the back. What would Matt Kinch in junior hockey think about seeing a facility like this? Because I have to imagine it's come such a long way. Because we were, you know, likening it to, hey, you know, go shoot 100 pucks out at mom and dad's driveway and, you know, pick, a, the, pick a spot on the garage door, pick a corner on the garage door and shoot that for an hour yeah. compared to where we are now. It's it's really leaps and bounds when it comes to, you know, development and how you can help, you know, if you're yourself looking for this, if you're a parent looking to help your kid take that next step. This is has come a long way, eh? 
Well, yeah, and just having the resources to do it, you know, and like I said, the analytics, everything, so um, analytic-based mm-hmm. in these day, this day and age. But to be able to have a facility, like you said, we've had a few parents, like, thank goodness, like, I'm sick of my kid <laughs> shooting and hitting. Like, so, yeah, and, you know, and right up to, we had the hitman in yesterday, and, and I, I, the, they get, everyone comes in and they get, you know, shooting pucks, and it's really interesting because they are lanes, how everyone stays really focused on what they're doing and what they're, uh, you know, whether they're just trying to shoot targets or playing with the radar guns or the stick handlers or the passers or getting on that rapid shot, like, it, uh, you if half an hour goes by sometimes we're like hey you guys like your your time's up do you want to keep going or are you guys all done so it's uh it's been really positive and and everyone's really enjoying for, yeah for i sure. heard steve hamilton had a quite the show yesterday uh with the hit but he won the whole thing eh? yeah oh yeah yeah i think he got a lot of respect from the players yeah <laughs> yeah here we were thinking it's gonna be staged it's gonna be staged stage yeah. we gotta come in here and do pretty well no steve hamilton still still shows the young guys how it goes and uh, i'm really curious man from your point of view how the the instruction point works in all of this because it's one thing for you know for an everyday hockey player to come in and hey shoot in the net you know your synthetic ice and work on some things that coach has given you uh at school or you know your day-to-day hockey rink but to have that one-on-one feel in such a you know a unique atmosphere like this is that's got to be a big selling point for you guys and it's got to be big for people looking to come in and get that one-on-one instruction right well yeah exactly what we're seeing a lot of is you know everyone's doing skill stuff and a lot of power skating mm-hmm. and ice time's very limited so yeah. i you know mike as my kid grew up it's a it's a maybe a talent or an item that we're not really focused too much on and what we're doing when they do see the kids come in it's uh it's uh, little tweaks, and, you know, and and, I, and, and hockey minor, minor hockey parents will, you know, agree to this. It's it's when you get practices, you're trying to use those practices as much as you can. Sometimes they're half ice practices, so the last thing we want to do is on those ice times as coaches is take our take our time and shoot pucks all against the boards or take that moment. We want to get the kids moving, we want to get them skating. So some of that gets missed, and and a lot of the kids come in and it's tweaking with them, working one on one, and and a lot of kids don't know how to do backhand, so we're trying to focus on really get, making them all around and their shooting concepts, and every kid's different. So so yep. really, it's taking the first five or seven minutes of watching each each kid or individual come in, whether they're adults or not, and and analyzing at that point in time and making adjustments. That really sets out the session from that point on. So you're one of three coaches that you've got at this facility. Talk to us about other Matt and uh, Megan and what you guys are uh, bringing to the table as far as coaching goes. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I'm really lucky. I got two great people supporting me, and uh, Megan comes from Ontario. Just recently moved to moved to uh, Alberta and played professional hockey. So that's We've had a lot of girls' teams, and that's a really nice fit there. That's so. something that uh, I've heard a couple times from more than a few people coming in here is having that female aspect to it and having a really open door for young female hockey players to come in and get with Megan has been a huge positive. Exactly, yeah, it is exactly. It's huge, and you know, and that's a, been a really nice teaching tool to have and that a good resource for us. And then Matt's just recently finished at UBC, played in the Western Hockey League, and was over in Austria and uh, had to retire because of some hip surgery or mm-hmm. his hip problems. So. Um, um, yeah, great, great, two great people to help and support, and obviously I'm in here as much as I can be to help the people and work on what things they need to work on as well. And I mentioned for you guys, too, on a personal level, this has got to be a little bit less wear and tear on the body for you guys, too, than getting on the skates every day, and, you know, there's a lot of coaching opportunities like that, I'm sure, for guys like yourself and, and Matt and Megan who have played at high levels, but that means, you know, going to wind sport or going to all these different places, lacing up the skates every day, and, and like you said, finding ice time's hard enough. This is probably a good opportunity for you guys too to you know still get that coaching itch out of you but in a different way yeah you know it's great and it's a lot warmer too yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 i noticed yeah. that for sure <laughs> talk about 
your time uh, with the Hitmen and your hockey journey? Obviously, you were a member of their Memorial Cup team that went out there the first time. Just talk about uh, your time with the Hitmen and then your pro journey. Yeah, well, gosh, we could be here for days now. <laughs> hey, it's no. Yeah, no, but, I, you know, I was really lucky. I played with the Hitmen, and it was a different time then. We were very new, right? Yeah. It was a very new team, yeah. and um, we had some really good players come in at that time. Brad like they Moran. have done. Yeah, Brad Stewart. You can name them Chris Beach, the yeah. Gravel, Brendel. There's Brandle, a list. Yeah. You could go through the whole list, some really good draft picks, but kind of set the base for what it was. And I don't think people really understood at junior hockey that at that time the Flames it was a different time for Flames until 04. Like yeah. we were, we had really big crowds. We had uh, great support here, and we went longer than sometimes in the Flames did. So that allowed the crowds to really grow. And yep. um, obviously, the peak would have been, um, you know, we got opportunity to play World Juniors, but before that, Memorial Cup and losing in overtime in uh, Ottawa was yep. probably the peak. So that was a long journey that we finished just a little short of, but uh, a great time with the Hitmen. And then from there. Went on to the sign with the Rangers and tried it down there, and the lockout hit in 04, and that yeah. was in that one locked out the whole year. And I went over to Europe, and that turned into three, and then came back and signed with the um, Ottawa Centers organization, and then San Jose. And then uh, at that time, I said, "Hey, it's uh, it's been good. Let's go back to Europe and yeah. and uh, finished off my career mostly in Germany. Played a lot in yeah. Germany there, which was great. Probably could have kept going, but yeah, it was awesome. And I think people don't really appreciate. It. Was lucky to do a couple Spangler Cups and. And um, think soccer crowds in a hockey yep, rink, and that's I just, love it. just I epic. Love seeing it's, it. Yeah, it's a really, really fun atmosphere to play in for sure. Why coaching? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've coached my my son through minor hockey, yeah. and then, uh, like I said, this opportunity came up. I think the benefit to this is just you know the one on one stuff's really nice, and and not, it's great to have the teams in. But when you can take an individual, and continue to work with them once a week or twice a week to see that progression and feel a part of it. Um, obviously, uh, as coaches know in minor hockey, it's. Uh, it's sometimes not as, re- you know, you don't get as much rewarding. A lot of volunteers happen, and, you know, um, sometimes as a, as a coach in that in that development, they can maybe never get yeah. the accolades. Not the accolades, but, you know, there's never, everyone yeah. ever's happy. So, yeah. you know, this is just seemed to be a really good fit. And, you know, we're doing some stuff on the outside, going out into some teams and doing that as well. But, um, yeah, it just seems to be a really good really good fit are you are you going to be doing like trying to like work with the the, the minor hockey league teams in here and kind of get workout deals like hey you guys have some practice time come here is it is that in the works here as well yeah we have like a lot of uh, well right now we put together some summer drop-in sessions cool. to come in i think you know or uh, spring spring sessions and then um we're doing some pda camps which i think are a need for kids when they have the day off and yeah. so the parents don't yeah. have their kids that's a really good idea. sitting on their devices all, yeah. all afternoon so yeah, we're going to do that yeah. and so that'll be fun and then some summer camps where we really kind of take that idea of just shooting with the summer camps and have a person come in. I know we're working with some development coaches or goaltending coaches where we want kids to be able to, you know, see it's from the other perspective. You know, a goalie coach can tell us now where the guy should be shooting opposed yep. to doing that and maybe exercises that are going to help work with, uh, with with making you stronger as a shooter and some video kind of watching NHL guys. So we're, that's all put together for the summer. We're going to do some week programs there. And then on awesome. top of that, we have, like I said, we have a lot of teams coming in, a lot of girls hockey teams. The next step is trying to get some ringette groups in yep. here and a ringette coach to kind of oversee that because um you know like that's need, yeah yeah it'd be great to have here the lanes are there and shooting with the rings is um it's definitely doable in, in the facility so uh matt kinch along with us we're here at the score hockey range on sportsnet 960 senior operations manager and uh, one of the coaches here at score hockey range just a couple more for you matt yeah, exactly. uh this afternoon first of first we have to apologize uh, going back to your time with the calgary hitman uh you would have run into longtime sportsnet 960 favorite brent cron during your time <laughs> yeah. uh with the calgary hitman so we apologize Apologize you to cross paths with Brent for a couple of years, but uh, other than that, I'm sure your uh, hockey career was a fun one. 
Yeah, you know, I had a, you know, Brent was great. He was a uh, top pick that, you yep. know, I played yeah. kind of at Draft the tail end. Yeah, I yeah. think I was there with him for two years. And the, actually that, it was kind of the start to his injuries. The one year we were, uh, we played, uh, we had a good team, and then actually Brent got hurt, and it was all Brent's fault from there on in. <laughs> we had another goal that stepped up, but it was, yeah, Brent got hurt, and that, that, that hurt. You know, we'd have a good start, starting goal, and I think that was kind of the start of Brent's, uh, some yeah. of his injuries that he had. But, mm-hmm. yeah, around some really good people. Like, I know we mentioned a few, but I could be here all day telling stories. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. well, that's enough compliments for Brent. <laughs> for one day we'll, uh, we'll <laughs> leave the rest for, an, for another day as he gets uh, too big of a head. Yeah. Uh, two more things I definitely wanted to touch on you with uh, that we wanted to get into for sure uh, this rapid shot the boost really intrigued me because that's you know we talked about the lanes and the one-on-one coaching but an opportunity to get you know some cameras some live feedback on the app what's your experience been i'm sure when you started to check these things out even you were trying to you know probably play with it and learn and how you see how best you can help people going into those those are pretty cool you know latest in technology sort of things that you guys are working with here yeah, and I think that's such a fun thing for kids and even adults to come in. I guess everyone gets a little bit addicted to it when they start going. There's so yeah. much data that can be analyzed, and it's uh, from you know from session to session. It's on an app, so um, you can kind of see how your progression is, and, and maybe taking it to the next step. You know, we're in the talks of trying to team up with a local sports uh, company here, and and being able to offer people the opportunity to take different you know different sticks and yeah. sticks aren't yeah, getting that's cheaper. Exactly, so, that's exactly where yeah. I was going to go with yeah, you. So, is that ability? you know, sort of growing the business and sort of adding that aspect to it is is all a part of this, right? You can kind of be that one-stop shop for everybody to come in and, and handle all of it in one place, right? Exactly. And I think the stick thing, I mean, sticks aren't getting cheaper. And no. it would be really, you know, sometimes we're just grabbing the stick because we think our friend's using it or Connor McDavid's using yeah. it, you know, whoever's using yeah. it, and we're trying to use that stick, and we want to put something behind that. So that's close to getting done. We're hoping to get that done pretty soon and, and uh, being able to offer that service as well. So when parents go to spend their $300 on a stick, they know it's the right one yeah. and it suits their kids. That's good. Yeah, it, it strikes me a lot as you know going for like a golf club fitting. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. become such a big thing for golfers, right? Even at, at casual levels for guys that yep. golf a few times a summer, right? It makes such a difference to go out and have that experience. I imagine it's got to be pretty damn similar for a hockey stick, right? You're gonna spend that money. You want to make sure you've got the right hockey stick and the right one that's best for you, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, yeah, it's something that like we said we don't talk a lot about, but it's you know it's an expense, and I know I have yeah. to go through hockey, and <laughs> it can cost you pretty quick, right? It's not so, just yeah. one stick. Yeah, no, it's not it's just one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. It's past that 30-day warranty. You're really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's when it breaks, right? That's always how that one works. You take a shot off on that one. Uh, Matt, give us just uh, for people listening some of the different options that they have if they want to come out uh, and check it out. I know you guys have yearly memberships where you have uh, availability to just come out and check out a lane for half an hour. What are some of the different options that people, if they want to come check it out and get a feel for what you guys are doing, what can they uh, come out and look for? Yeah, I think anything, really. We're trying to cater to anybody and anything. Like We've had a lot of teams in that are doing a lot of wind-up stuff, which is great, and uh, a lot of one-on-one or small group uh, private stuff, which has been doing really well. And the drop-in lanes for the rapid shots, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, you know, it's always a good... Uh, good way to cover i probably start with 30 minutes just to kind of get a feel mm-hmm. for it and and on top of that that kind of gets you your foot in the door and saying hey you know what i you know if i'm going to come a couple times a week it might make sense to get on some of these passes and membership options which you know we got some people doing that now because they're seeing the benefit to coming so often and yeah and then really taking that next step further you know we're trying to get these camps going and and into summer where we you know with there's downtime and their kids aren't at the rink four times a day maybe yeah. that's time to start focusing on some of the tools they want to work on for the upcoming season and i always say kids but i mean we had we've had everything we've yeah. had you know adults in here and and mm-hmm. uh, and parents 
they get in that rapid shot sometimes you're having more fun than the kids are so <laughs> uh and quickly two things to, to get people information uh don't feel like you need to bring skates when you come to score hockey range you can yep. but don't feel like you you have to that's an important thing for you guys as well yes exactly yeah I, you know what i mean if you can use the skates it's great that synthetic ice has got great reviews so everyone enjoys it but if that's, that's not your thing and stuff like that yeah, holy. yeah it's pretty good yeah so yeah it doesn't have to happen you can use your shoes if you want to come in into shoes or skates both options are there for sure and uh website has phone numbers and email for contact info but i imagine the best way and you guys would love uh, people to come out and take a look firsthand and uh get you to you know get a feel for it in person and come meet the great staff you guys have here and uh come meet you in person now that we can do that stuff more regularly eh? yeah exactly it's a great opportunity to come in today we're open kind of four from nine you know monday through thursday and friday's a little bit different because we get kids coming in yeah. right after school yeah. half days and then the weekend's a little bit longer but that information's on the website info at the score hockey range that's coming right to me so um yeah if you guys have any questions that's that's a good spot to that's get them to living on that thing so uh matt thanks so much for the time today man really impressive facility thanks so much for having us out we really Thank appreciate you. it well great for coming out you guys yeah Good up Thanks. Uh, Matt Kinch joining us, senior uh, manager and coach here at uh, the Score Hockey Range. That's where we're hanging mm-hmm. out for grand opening weekend. Uh, 3320 9th Street Southeast. Come on by, say hi, or you can check them on the website, scorehockeyrange.com. We'll take a break here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Wrapping up our final segment here of Sportsnet today, yes, Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you on a special Sunday edition of Sportsnet today. Coming to you live from the Score Hockey Range, 3320 9th Street Southeast. Just finished up uh, a great conversation with senior manager and one of the coaches here at the Score Hockey Range, Matt Kinch, uh, about all the information that uh, mm-hmm. you need about this uh, awesome facility. We'll let you know some more uh, before we head out on this Sunday, Patrick. But uh, the news of the day uh, around town, we talked about it a lot, and we'll dive into it again here with the voice of the Calgary Flames. Uh, the Calgary Flames with a tough loss last night to end off their homestand against the Minnesota Wild, three nothing. Your final score, and uh, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to help uh, break down what we saw in this homestand and last night specifically. Uh, he is the play-by-play voice of the uh, Flames on Sportsnet 960. Derek Wills joins us on this Sunday. Thanks for doing this today, Derek. How are you, man? No problem. You guys are probably getting paid double time and a half today, huh? <laughs> Something like that. I think there's some sort of Sunday <laughs> fee in, uh, involved in it. But, yeah, we're doing all right. How are you, man? Good. I'm all right. Better than I was. Yeah, tough day, one. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, give us your, your your perspective from up there in the booth last night as to uh, what you saw from the Flames and the, the Minnesota Wild, a tough way to end the homestand for the Flames. Yeah, you guys know me. I'm usually a pretty uh, positive, optimistic guy, but uh, I'm not going to lie, that was tough to watch last night. And you know, there have been a lot of tough-to-watch games and moments for the Flames this season. Not a lot has gone their way, but you know, last night it looked different and it felt different to me. And I do think there was a hangover from what happened against the Bruins on Tuesday night. Uh, there have been a lot of games where the Flames have out-attempted, out-shot, out-chanced, out-played, but haven't outscored their opponent. But that game took it to a whole new level. I mean, when you have a season-high 57 shots on goal and your opponent, who happens to be the hottest team in the league and the best team in the league, has a season-low 20 shots on goal, and you lose, mm-hmm. that was an absolute gut punch for the Flames. There's no doubt about it. You could see it in their body language. You could hear it in their tone after that game. To their credit... I thought they dug in uh, in the first period, period and a half, against the Maple Leafs on Thursday. And uh, the third period, it was pretty uninspired. It kind of looked like they hit a wall of some sort. Uh, They had five shots on goal in a game that was 
1-1, and they then trailed in 2-1. And uh, then I saw some carryover from Thursday's game to last night's game, which mathematically wasn't a must-win, but realistically, it probably was. And I do wonder, and I don't know if this was a factor or not, but I know how I felt about it. So I was watching that Jets-Oilers game thinking, okay, go Oilers, (laughs) because if they had won that game in regulation time, Flames with a win versus the Wild last night could have climbed to within three points of the second wildcard spot in the Western Conference, even number of games played with a head-to-head coming up against the Jets. The Oilers just kept blowing leads. Uh, Jack Campbell couldn't stop the puck, and the Jets end up coming from behind to win 7-5, and all of a sudden the Flames are seven points behind them. And I do wonder if uh, that was in the back of their minds going into that game against the Wild last night. That was probably as an uninspired performance as I've seen from the Flames all season in a game they absolutely had to win. And that's why it looked and felt different to me. I don't know if you guys saw it the same way, but that's how I saw it from up in the booth. Yeah, I think we we echo that sentiment in a lot of ways. And for me, I said this to Patrick earlier, Derek, was, look, you can lose games to Toronto and Boston and Minnesota. They're, they're good hockey teams. They're in playoff spots. That's not the issue for me. But I think last night the biggest issue was a lot of what you laid out there and sometimes that, you know, that lack of desperation from the group in a gotta-have-it game was really worrisome, and I, I do think you, you're on to something talking about how, you know, they threw a lot of emotion into that Boston game, and not getting a result in that one has probably hurt this group more than maybe we thought it did. Yeah, yeah and there have been a lot of games like that this season, and that just, in hindsight, maybe was kind of the final straw for this team. It's just been an absolute grind, and I've talked a lot about it. Last season, everything seemed easy for this team, didn't it? I mean, making saves seemed easy. Scoring goals seemed easy. Winning games seemed easy. And this year, it's been pretty much the polar opposite of that. Everything has been hard. And it it feels like the Flames have had way more than their fair share of bad luck this season. And you know what? There's an old saying that you make your own luck, and I do think there's something to that. But I also think there's some randomness involved and very little of that randomness have, has gone the flames way. I mean, you take a look at the two, nothing goal last night. So puck ends up bouncing off the top of the net, off the back bar, off Jacob Markstrom's back and in. Yeah. What? <laughs> and for me, that in a nutshell is kind of the, the types of bounces the flames have been getting or haven't been getting all season long. So I think it's been a grind for them. I think physically the style that Daryl Sutter asks them to play is taxing. I think mentally they look like a group that's kind of worn out right now. And their coach is really demanding and, uh, you know, asks a lot of them day in, day out, off the ice and on the ice. And I I think that you can fight through that if you're winning and and feeling good about uh, yourself and feeling good about the team. But I do think that that can take a toll on you during a season like this and, what I'm hoping is that this is just one of those seasons for the Flames. And, you know, good teams have bad seasons sometimes, and I still think this is a good team. And if they brought the same group back next year, which I don't think they will, but if they did, I'm convinced that they would probably be a lot better next season than they've been this season. But it's been tough. And now to say that they have an uphill climb would be a huge understatement. Uh, it's going to take a small miracle for them to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs now. And, they're going to have to, to string some wins together, and, and that's something that they've had a tough time doing this season. What did you make of uh, 
Troy Stetcher's uh, debut in uh, Flame Silks played over 15 minutes uh, of action. He's a minus one, had a penalty. But what did you make of uh, number 51's his first game as a Flame? Yeah, I actually thought he was one of the bright spots last night. Uh, I thought his battle level was uh, as high as pretty much anybody on the team, and uh, he brings some mobility. Uh, he can skate. I wouldn't say he skates mm-hmm. as well as Oliver Shillington, but he is one of their more mobile defensemen, and I thought he did a good job uh, breaking the puck out, whether that be skating it out or making a good first pass. And he's a guy who never gives up on a play. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays bigger than he is and uh, yeah. is always engaging in battle. So I actually thought he was pretty good in his Flames debut, and he should get better as he gets more comfortable with uh, a new coaching staff and new teammates and uh, a new system and style and uh, a new partner, Nikita Zadorov, who I thought was really good before the nine-day break. But boy, oh boy, yeah. has uh, has he fought it since? Uh, Derek, what, what do we expect with this? The, the, I know it's it's just picking at grabbing at things right now, but do we think Nick Ritchie gets in the lineup tomorrow? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think you have to try something new. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, during the third period of last night's game, uh, I asked Peter Lavardius. I said, "Okay, if you were the head coach of the hockey team, would you switch up the Lindholm and Kadri lines?" And he said, "Absolutely." And uh, I uh, I felt the same way, and then uh, Daryl Sutter wound up doing that a little bit later on in the third period last night. I, I don't know if you guys see it this way, but the back one line has been by far the best line on the team since they were reunited. I give Michael Backlund, uh, Andrew Mangiapane, and Blake Coleman a lot of credit. There have been very few off nights. And last night, they were once again the best line, and I don't think it was close. As a matter of fact, I think you could make an argument that the Trevor Lewis line with Milan Lucic and Walker Dewar was the Flames' second-best line. That's the problem. And yeah. for the most part, the Elias Lindholm line with Dylan Dubé and Tyler Toffoli has been good. Uh, Lindholm, I know he's not going to put up the same goal and point totals this season that he did last, but when you consider that they took 240-goal, 100-point players off his line, and he's still going to be pretty close to a point a game when all is said and done this season, that's pretty impressive. I don't think he's been as good this season as he was last, but he hasn't been uh, anywhere near the list uh, or near the top of the list of Flames' problems. Tyler Toffoli leads the team in goals and points. That's all that needs to be said about him. And you know, Dylan Dubé's having a career year. So for the most part, that line's been good, but I think they've fallen off of late. The, the line that I have serious concerns about, at least short term, is the Nazem Kadri line. Yeah, I, can't, I know can't his totals don't look that bad, <laughs> uh, but Jonathan Huberto, obviously, it's it's been uh, a big drop off. That was a rough one at, for him last night. Yeah, um, and then you could argue Jacob Pelche's uh, brought some energy to that line, and uh, in some games, yeah. it's been the best player on that line, and that shouldn't be the case. What I'm seeing right now with Kadri and Huberto are two players trying to do too much, and I. Ask Hale McLean about it post-game last night. I'm like, okay, what do those guys need to do to have a bigger impact, a more positive impact on games moving forward? And I loved his answer, guys, because he talked about what the backland line has done, and that's work hard to play close together, uh, which allows you to make simpler plays. So what I'm seeing with Kadri right now is that he's trying to do too much on his own. Holds on to pucks too long, trying to dance by five guys. It's just hard to play that way. If your name's not Connor McDavid or uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who we saw last night. And then what I'm seeing with Jonathan Huberto, who is, when he's right, one of the best playmakers in the league, he's trying to force low-percentage passes, which he has to do because they're not connected. They're not playing close enough on the ice. So he's trying to make 
you know, 55 foot saucer passes through five guys. That's yeah, do that's a low percentage play. So sometimes less is more, and it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Uh, a lot easier than it is for them to go out and uh, and do what it takes to play a different way. And uh, it might just be one of those years where they they have a hard time building chemistry together. But I would try new combinations as far as uh, the Kadri and Lindholm lines go and, and see if uh, that sparks the guys. Because if they're going to make a run here, those two lines are going to have to be a lot better moving forward. Uh, Derek, one positive I wanted to bring up with you was uh, following the Boston game, head coach Daryl Sutter said, look, we need a goaltender to go on a run for us. Uh, we're going to hand the ball to Jacob Markstrom and let him go with it. I think the last two games, uh, I know it, it doesn't look as great last night. It was 3 nothing. I still thought Jacob was one of the better Flames. And going back to the Toronto game, I thought he was the best Flame. The last two games have been really strong bounce-back games for number 25. Well, he was definitely their best player against the Maple Leafs, and I think he was probably their best player against the Wild. Would you hang any of the three goals on him? Because I no. wouldn't. No. Uh, I mean, no chance. Big-time defensive breakdowns on the first and third Double goals. Tip. And yeah. then just bad bounce in the second goal. So uh, I feel for Jacob. Uh, and I threw this out there on Twitter yesterday, and, and I've got an updated number for you now. So Jacob Markstrom has now played in 42 games this season. And we've talked a lot about the lack of goal support he's had in comparison to Dan Vladar, but I did a little bit more digging on that after Ryan Huska said something to us post-game on Thursday, uh, basically asking out loud, how many times have we only scored one goal for Jacob? So I looked into that. So after last night's game, again, Jacob Markstrom has played 42 games this season. The Flames have scored zero or one goal in 13 of those games. In 31% of Jacob Markstrom's games, the Flames have scored zero goals or one goal. You can't win doing that. So everybody wants to hang it on him, and I know it's easy to do that. And no, he hasn't been as good this season as he was last. And he's been the first guy to tell you that he has to be better. But if your team's scoring zero goals or one goals, you have no chance to win. And that puts a lot of pressure on the goaltender. It does, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's it's so important because, like we said, if there is a run left in this team, Derek, you know, getting good goaltending and having a guy like Jacob Markstrom look more like himself uh, is going to be so important. And yeah. in the next two games don't get any easier. Dallas is on top of the West. Uh, you see them tomorrow, and Minnesota, I mean, look, it's a, it's a chance for – for revenge, but it's a chance to, to show anything because you didn't show much of a fight back last night against this group at home. It's it's not like it gets any easier. I know we've talked about strength of schedule at times for this group, but uh, it's just got to start with one game for them, it feels like. It does, and I'm wondering if maybe the team has finally hit their rock bottom. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I know that yeah. with, with the expectations that they had internally and with the expectations that there were externally there were a lot of people even outside of calgary across our country and across the nhl that looked at the flames and saw a legitimate stanley cup contender prior to the start of the season and i'm with brad Treleving. when i look at this team on paper i think this is a really good team that has severely underperformed this season that's what i see so i'm wondering after what happened last night after what i saw after what i felt in that three nothing loss to the wild and after what I heard from more so coaches uh, or more so players than coaches after the game, although you could kind of see it and hear it uh, when we had Kale McLean on our postgame show, but I'm wondering if maybe the Flames will take some pressure off themselves now because, you know, it's been all about, you know, 
There's pressure to win games. There's pressure to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're six points out of a spot, and they're six points behind an Avalanche team that has three games in hand on them. So, really, they're seven points behind the Jets because uh, at least you've got even games played there and you've got a head-to-head coming up. So, uh, I wouldn't say the Avalanche are the team the Flames are chasing. I would say the Jets are the team the Flames are chasing. But you're seven back with 19 to go. The math doesn't look very good. So, maybe after what happened uh, against the Wild on Saturday night, the Flames can say, okay, we're now the underdogs. Let's try to play the role of spoiler. Let's take some pressure off ourselves and go out there and play hockey and try to have some fun doing it. Cause I don't think this team's had a lot of fun this season. So I wonder no. if they can maybe flip their mindset and take some pressure off themselves. And maybe if they do that, then they can get on a little bit of a run and get themselves back into the playoff race. But something's got to change, whether it's the way they play or the mindset they have, something's got to be different moving forward. So, um, I'm hoping that that happens uh, starting on Monday night in the first of a back-to-back. Uh, Patrick asked you about uh, whether or not you'd expect to see Nick Ritchie in the lineup tomorrow, and you said you, th- you certainly would. I'm curious where you'd like to see him, Derek, and uh, maybe that you know sort of entails into our conversation that we've had about switching up the lineups and maybe switching up those, we'll call them the Kadri and, and Lindholm lines. Would you like to see maybe Nick Ritchie in one of those scenarios where Daryl does shuffle up his lines and Nick Ritchie sees perhaps a, a prominent role with this team in his first game? Potentially. I mean... Kind of the easiest spot to slot him in would be on the left side or the right side of the fourth line. But uh, I've got to tell you, I'm not taking Walker Dewar out. I actually thought he was nope. one of their better players last night. So, And he's a young Agreed. player. You want to develop and you want to get some reps because I think he is going to be an important piece moving forward. I might give Milan Lucic a night off, and that's not because I think that he's been a big problem for the Flames. Uh, as a matter of fact, you, you can tell how much – What's going on is hurting him. You can see it on his face, and you can see it in his body language. And, you know, he's a guy who's won a Stanley Cup and is uh, an intense competitor. But uh, this is his last season with the Flames, or at least it's the last season he's under contract with the team. And uh, unless he was willing to take a big pay cut, then I would be surprised to see him back next year. And when I think about, okay, who could potentially replace Milan Lucic on this team? I think Nick Ritchie could. I mean, it's... uh, an opportunity for him, uh, if he does get in uh, against the Stars on Monday night, to, to, to start his audition, to potentially get a contract with the Flames, because uh, I don't think uh, the former 10th overall pick is going to have a long lineup of teams looking to sign him to a uh, high-money, long-term deal in the offseason. So it's probably going to be a, a short-term, one- or two-year contract, uh, and I would say probably a one-year deal, a prove-me deal. So, um I would probably say the easiest thing to do would be to take Milan Lucic out and and put Nick Mm -hmm. Ritchie into that spot. I'm not sure that's the right thing to do, Um, but to be honest, I would just be guessing. If if I were to speculate about Daryl Sutter taking someone off one of those top three lines and either taking them out or sliding them down to the fourth line, I mean, we could guess all day long and be wrong. So um, (laughs) the easiest swap would be Ritchie for Lucic, but I'm not sure that that's the right one. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and the reason I asked was because I, I'm genuinely curious about the same thing, Derek, to the point of it doesn't feel like there's that obvious fit for Richie right now, but you're right, you obviously want to get in, get him into as many games as you can and see where he might fit in your lineup going forward. That's easier said than done for this team right now. Yeah, and I know there are a lot of Flames fans uh, who want to see some players called up from the Wranglers. Uh, two things on that. 
Uh, number one, the Wranglers are a really good team. And yes. they're going to the Calder Cup playoffs and have a chance to potentially win a championship. So I'd kind of like to leave that group together as much as I'd like to get a, a look at some of these younger players uh, so we have a better idea of what the Flames have in them moving forward. Uh, you know what? Sometimes getting experience... Uh, pushing for a playoff spot uh, to win your division in the Wranglers' case and, and for a Calder Cup, uh, that can be pretty valuable too. And the other thing is, uh, because they uh, sent the Jacob Pelche and Walker Dewar down, at least on paper, on uh, what they used to call Clear Day in the AHL, I'm not sure if they still call it that, but basically they had to make that paper transaction to make them eligible to play for the Wranglers for the rest of the season. Flames only have two regular recalls left. and They don't have any cap space to work with. So it's not like they can just call up a bunch of guys from the Wranglers and insert them in the lineup. It doesn't work that way. So uh, they're going to have to be careful with how they use those uh, regular recalls. And then it gets to a point where basically the only way you can call guys up is in an emergency situation if somebody's hurt. So then uh, that becomes tricky. So, yeah, uh, I, I never in a million years, guys, thought they would be at this point with 19 games left in the season. Even four or five days ago, I thought worst-case scenario – Flames are going to be in it right until the bitter end. I just I didn't see this coming. Uh, Derek, obviously Harvard's having a really good year. They could go to the Frozen Four. Uh, do you think Matthew Coronado plays a game with the Flames uh, this year before the season is done? Yeah, I would. Uh, I bet some money on that one because uh, he is a guy who scores goals. That's what uh, his uh, modus operandi is, and the Flames are a team that need more players who score easily. And we'll have to wait and see if he scores as easily at the NHL level as he has everywhere else during his hockey career. But uh, he is arguably the team's best prospect and uh, uh, college player. So generally those guys are a little bit older, a little bit more mature than junior players mm-hmm. and, and sometimes make the transition from college hockey to professional hockey look a little bit easier. And uh, sometimes you see those guys go right uh, from the NCAA to the NHL and, and they jump over the AHL. So we'll have to wait and see with yep. Matthew Coronado. But uh, I thought uh, the only way they were going to be able to guarantee him some games, which is what he wants to sign, was if the team kind of fell out of the playoff race. And who knows? Yep. I think about the energy that Jacob Pelche and Walker Dewar have brought to the team. You bring two young, hungry guys in, and they've injected some energy. There's no doubt about it. And uh, I feel like Matthew Cordell would do the same thing, and uh, it would be kind of fun to get a look at him. And who knows? Oh, yeah. um, quite often these guys come in, and I don't know if it's adrenaline or the league not uh, knowing a lot about them or how to defend them, but you know, quite often these guys come in late in the season and, and uh, can be pretty productive for teams. So you know, maybe he would uh, help uh, – uh, at least a little bit, solve one of the Flames' problems, and that's been uh, scoring enough goals to win. And as we know, that's been a big problem in the last couple of games. Derek, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it on a Sunday, pal. I know after a game day, especially like last night, it's, uh, it can be exhausting, but appreciate you jumping on with us on this Sunday. We will hear from you tomorrow on Flames Talk as part of the roundtable and uh, hear you on the call for the Flames and the Stars. Thanks again. Sounds good. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day, guys. Take care. Thanks, Derek sir. Wills, the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Flames, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this special Sunday edition mm-hmm. of Sportsnet Today. Logan Gordon and Patrick Dumas along with you. We are just about to wrap things up, Patrick, for our show today. Uh, we've been live all day at the Score Hockey Range, 3320 9th Street, uh, 9th Street Southeast. 
grand opening weekend uh, of this tremendous facility. Uh, it's a shooting center in the heart of Calgary. 14 total shooting lanes, 10 of them straight on lanes uh, that include pucks, targets, stick handling. They've got trainers, they've got coaches, uh, two state-of-the-art rapid shot hockey training systems that will measure your speed, the quickness of your release, and accuracy. Uh, sooner, than later, yeah, sooner than later, you're going to be able to come out here and uh, work with them at, at picking the ideal stick for you and your needs. Uh, this is perfect. There are kids here. Uh, they're working on PD days, so when your kid has a day off from school, you can come out here and have them train or you know team events for yep. goalies, all that sort of stuff. It's all-encompassing here at Score Hockey Range. And I couldn't uh, promote it more, and uh, they've got the great coaches, both Matt's. Uh, Megan's here to help you guys along with some one-on-one coaching, which is something you don't always get, Patrick. We talked to Matt about this a little earlier. Yeah. You know, in a team setting, it's pretty rare for a coach to be able to sit down one-on-one with a player and work on shooting yep. skills and work on that. This is the place to come and do that. And uh, a quick reminder, they are open Monday to Thursday, 9 p.m. to or 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Friday, they go 11 to 9, and then weekends, 10 a.m. to 8 on Saturdays, 11 to 6, like on this Sunday. And if you come in on this Sunday, Patrick, you can get in on some great grand pri- yes. uh, grand opening prize raffles. Yeah, uh, We've got, uh, what are we talking about there? Hitman Adrenal- tickets. Flames tickets, our pals at Adrenaline Source mm-hmm. for Sports threw in a beautiful warrior stick that's mm-hmm. up for a raffle, uh, and uh, some beer there as well. Yeah, OT for, Brewing. OT Brewing's got some stuff there. So uh, plenty of reason to come on by and check out the Score Hockey Range. They're awesome staff. Uh, we'll help you through it. If you just want to come down and take a look, see if it might be a fit uh, for the young hockey player in your life, come on down and see them. They're open till 6 o'clock tonight. Thank you to our outstanding technical producer, Alex Brody, for working it in on a Sunday. Thank you to Amy from Promo, and thank you to everyone here from the Score Hockey yes. Range for having us out on this Sunday. We will pass things over to Maddie Rose, heading back to the Scotiabank Saddledome, the Calgary Hitmen with a little Sunday fun it's day. A big one. Swift it's current. a huge one for the Calgary Hitmen. They need two points badly. Maddie Rose is right around the corner with your Calgary Hitmen pregame. Puck drop at 2 o'clock with Brad Curl and Jeff Hollick. That's coming up next right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.